0: Hi, everyone. This is Kumar Dynatrain again with another episode of um, our Agile Short Series. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about um, giving knowledge workers a leading role. So, uh, with me is uh, my good friend, um, Isam El, El- Kabiri. I got him. <laughs> <laughs> I should have practiced the name before I said it. You're going to end up um, getting El- it. <laughs> It's a great name. It's, it's a great guy, someone I've known now for a couple of years through our association with the, uh, in the XScale community. I'm going to turn it over to Issam. Please uh, introduce yourselves to the audience and uh, uh, things that you're working on uh, uh, recently or, or now.
1: Yeah, we'll gladly do that. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Issam El-Karbiri, <laughs> and I am CEO and founder of a consulting firm called Walmart. Whose main mission is to help organizations align profitability and fulfillment at work which brings us to the subject of today's uh, main topic
0: can you uh, just uh, just indulge me and, and tell I, I know you told me the story and i and i thought it was a good one the name of your company womat what is what does that mean
1: yeah womat is a wall of word which is a dialect from senegal and it means at the core, embarking in a journey, transforming, and um, helping cross um, through the journey. That's when you um, spell the T as well, when you call it WOMAT. When you call it just woma, uh, which in friend, French, we tend to forget the T,
0: it's mm. called call me. It's it called what again? call me. Call me. Call me. Okay. Yeah. Just like a so it's call like a... me
1: to help you
0: cross in your yeah. journey all right i might be doing some of that with you uh, <laughs> <'cause>, um... <laughs> all right so um tell us about this topic what um uh, this is this is your idea you know giving knowledge workers a leading role what does that mean first i would like to
1: just to settle uh, the term knowledge workers what does it what does it mean At the origin, if we stick to the basics, knowledge workers mean applying knowledge in your work. And we uh, tend to use it for uh, professions where uh, knowledge is your main um, asset. Uh, For instance, engineers, accountants, uh, lawyers, and stuff like that. But in the world we live in, we tend to need to apply our knowledge. And our thinking problem solving techniques in every profession right now and it's becoming more and more broader
0: yeah that's a a really good definition and and uh um something actually we um uh stress a lot at Azure meridian in in our in our most of our courses you know the discussion around what knowledge work is and what knowledge workers um are like and a shift from from tayloristic thinking Right and scientific management—that sort of um, uh, was the basis, and still sometimes seems to be the basis of how c- companies are organized. Um, would would you agree with that? And can you tell us a little bit more about Taylorism and how that impacts? In fact,
1: it, in fact, it really comes from Taylorism in uh, the start and the dawn of the 19th century when Taylor was uh, creating his concept, scientific management, which. Uh, the core principle of scientific management is there is one best way to do things and in order to define this best way to do things he tend to or what he uh, what he did is think define and set each task that people that are working in the factory needed to accomplish and the way they needed to accomplish it structure it, define it, and then distribute it to the workers. So this had, the uh, the effect that this had is divide the company in two parts. People who are doing the thinking and people who are applying the results of the thinking. And that's how we came up with this concept of knowledge workers. That's the story of it. Or at least that's how I know it.
0: So So when you're saying that the knowledge workers in a Tayloristic, model were the managers because they had the knowledge exactly right and the people that were doing the work did not have the knowledge they were more um applying that knowledge based on a a a set of tasks that they had to accomplish tasks that were defined for them by someone else and so they didn't have to use their brains at all they just had to follow a um a recipe right
1: yeah exactly and what the effect that this had in the 19th century when this was applied at broader level at the, whole, uh, the level of the whole um, factories and people were had made strikes because it tended to remove their expertise and the craftsmanship from the way they were doing things because there were other people who are thinking in their place and defining how they should do the work
0: and exactly that's how consultants and managers came up hmm. yeah right so that you don't have to know you don't have to have a deep understanding of the of the role hmm. you just have to follow the instructions and and anyone can with some training anyone can do the work right so uh that deep expertise that sort of uh um, expertise that's bro- born from experience and education and knowledge was limited to a few people um, and and the workers, the majority of the, the workforce, uh, didn't have to know it. And and really, when you think about the Industrial Revolution, early 19th century, it was a huge productivity gain, wasn't it? Right. Exactly. And in fact, this did the job. In fact, because yeah. it
1: reduces the uh, reduced the cost of creating a, a goods. But the question is: Is this still okay? For for the world that we live in. Because at the time, when this was uh, brought to light, this concept, we, I would say we were living in a linear world, right? The consequences, when you define an action, the outcome of this action was very clear. And Mm -hmm. for companies, they were imposing their product on the customers. Now, there there is a shift where it's the customers that are imposing their needs on the organizations and the organizations have no other way of existing other than to address those needs because today you as a customer you have a choice if you're not satisfied with the service that is brought to you by a company what do you do you will change you go the, somewhere uh, else <laughs> exactly so yeah. and the. Um, Customers live in an ecosystem. They're not alone anymore. You can't just impose something on them. They live in an ecosystem, and they want the product they are using or the services they are using to be interactive, um, interactive, and interact with uh, different other services. Mm. And they improve daily, and their needs uh, uh, evolve daily with uh, with their needs. So you need to be able to address it right when your customers identify or communicate to you their needs and they communicate it a different way uh, either by calling your call center and um um how do you call it
0: they I mean there's so many ways that customers can let you know that they're not happy with the product uh the most most, um, impactful is just they don't buy your product anymore right um they 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 leave that's the extreme on, way. So social media they're, they're, they they uh, they they leave message on Yelp you know if you're running a, mm. a service oriented business that depends on customer interaction mm. uh, your ratings go down and then people read those ratings and they don't come to you right of course the inverse it, is that's an extreme the inverse mm. is people love the services you provide and they tell others about the services you provide and the products you provide and so other people are drawn to your product because it's got uh, so much buzz around it. You know, like like Apple back in the mid 2000s, and Tesla in the in the in the 2012, 2013, 2014. Even today, right? Tesla has is such a great story of of um, consumer um, um, support of their products. They've grown exponentially without really any marketing. <laughs> and that's just because the people are are enamored by this this company, and they want to they want the product. It's so different from any other car that's out there. Um, and and it's, that's kind of the world we live in, right? It's a it's a VUCA uh, world where things are really volatile and uncertain and uh, complex and complex. ambiguous from a from an organizational perspective. And so, um, I, I think the premise is that tailorism doesn't quite work in this environment, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And one other variable that uh, we might be missing is instantane. Uh, They need, and when they manifest a need, they need to be instantly addressed. So there's the timing as well. And if you don't do it in the time window that they are expressing or the, the limit of their tolerance, they will just move up. And that's right. an extreme way to uh, manifest uh, your client's uh, dissatisfaction.
0: Right. And so the title of our talk, of course, is giving workers, knowledge workers, uh, a leading role. And the premise is that in today's environment, everyone is a knowledge worker. Right? Yeah, Exactly. And, and why, because... why, why is that? Why is everyone a knowledge worker? Let me give you an example.
1: You are in a call center, right? And the way we used uh, to work is you you gave me a script and I'll run the script and I will sell you the service or the good and that's it, right? Now, there is so many variables that can change during your call. And if you don't know how to react to this call, then you won't be selling me anything. Uh, For instance, one variable can be the mood. If you catch me as a customer in a bad mood, doesn't matter how good your service or uh, your good is. I won't buy it because I will start shouting at you. Or So you need to be able to address this bad mood, calm me down, and then sell me. And then get back to your real objective and then sell me something. Same thing happens in, yeah, same thing happens for waiters, for instance, in a restaurant, right? You need to be able, your job is not only to serve clients, but let's say for instance, you're in a day where the restaurant is full. You need to do some prioritization, right? You can deprioritize people who are in a group because you might say that they are in a group, they can chat while they're waiting. So I'm gonna um, prioritize someone who is in a date, for instance, I identify that they're in a date, so I need to be extra careful with them so I can prioritize the way I serve my clients. And this is knowledge, right? This is analysis, people behaviors analysis. This is so many things. You can even apply uh, NLP principles and interact with people either in a call center or in a restaurant or many different ways. So, knowledge workers, we need them more and more in every um, every profession. That's interesting. And you put this it that is way. this. Um, and why is this? Because today your main um, unique value proposition needs to be different. You need to uh, deliver it differently. Before we were focusing on the price. So you can just start a price war and you will win it if you are uh, selling your uh, your goods at the lowest minimal, uh, uh, lowest price, right? Mm-hmm. Now, people are looking for more. They're looking at, they're judging the quality of service. They are judging the, uh, how clean your restaurant, how does it look like, the space between tables. They are looking for different things. So the way you would deliver your value is more and more complex.
0: Yeah, and, and you're really, what you're talking about is really empowering the workforce to, you know, push the decision-making down to the, the, the people that are actually in front of the customers. Rather than give them a script, you're saying, let's give them some responsibility. Let's give them some accountability. Let's treat them like people, not like horses, and let them make decisions because they know the work better than we do. They understand, or we hope that they understand the customers better than we do. Let's give them training to develop those uh, those skills that are, that are where they can empathize with the customer and have good conversations with the customers and so on and so forth. I'll tell you a little story, you know, before I got into agile and <laughs> before I got into professional coaching, I used to run restaurants. I don't know, I know if you that. know this about me, but I used to run yeah. restaurants and my waiters, I never gave them a script. I mean, I, I did what you're talking about, is really empower them to deliver an experience and um, really understand the menu and, and why we put certain things on the menu on, on the days that we put them on and make sure they understood the specials and they understood the entertainment that was coming in on the weekends and and to upsell that hey come back on Friday we have live jazz night or whatever it might be and our restaurants are really successful because the experience that our customers got was uh, was was better than other restaurants right and the food was good the experience was good and they had a uh, they had a, they had something that they could talk to their friends about, and so I you know I I didn't realize at the time you know I I've never used really strict job descriptions as a as a restaurant manager and and even later on as my career in, in IT and uh, as a as an IT manager I mean I I was like always uh, modifying job descriptions but. I always felt like there was something wrong about job descriptions that it was it was it was it was was, um too much of a box right it limits people's potential what do you think about that
1: yeah let me uh, um first i i have a quote that i like pretty much um if market is a war time is a mercenary he can either kill for you or kill you so The best way is to is that your have it. <laughs> Can be, <laughs> but don't tell it to anyone. <laughs> but um, and in all that you have it with you, you need to give your people the way to make decisions, and instantly, bam, 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 bam. In a situation, in a situation, they need to uh, think fast and act. That's how you uh, you add, you add speed to your. Um, core um, capabilities right and to do that they need to think not about their job but their responsibility and you know we use we tend to use a lot in our professional context this concept think out of the box right
0: mm-hmm.
1: So my way of, when I when people tell me this, I tend to uh, answer by, Okay, if you want people to think out of the box, just remove the box. And in this context, what is the box? It is their job description, because their job description tend to describe everything they need to do, the skills they need to have, and the way they apply it, and how much experience did they ha- uh, do they have applying uh, or uh, improving this expertise. But in a situation, in the kind of situation that we are talking about, it's not about um, just my expertise. It's about the anything that is needed to help me address or achieve the outcomes or the goals that was defined for me or defined for the organization. For instance, um, if we talk about um, the examples that we had um, uh, before the restaurant, or let's let's give another example. Let's say we are more right mm-hmm. and your job for instance is a cashier you are here to make your people pay your customers pay and that's it okay when you see when you see something that is wrong in uh, in uh, in the shop um uh, clothes that are misplaced or there is um mm-hmm. disorder uh, somewhere in uh, in the shop you will say, "Okay, this is not my job. Someone else will do it, right?" Right. And you don't need, and you don't want that. You want your customers to have the best experience possible um, to your, uh, to the best of your capabilities, mm-hmm. right? So when we talk about the responsibility, your responsibility, if we say that your responsibility is to make the customers have the best experience, mm. when you say something that is wrong you will just do it because this is also your responsibility, right? And this is why I tend to say, don't put your people in a box where you say, this is your job, duck, 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 duck. I will say this is your responsibility and we can have different responsibilities for different members of the team or just one. Sometimes we don't need more than one responsibility.
0: So you're basically saying get rid of the job description and move more to these responsibility descriptions, Um, right?
1: Yeah. And why is that? Because there are a lot of problems with the job descriptions. Mm -hmm. Um, The main one is. uh, Let's say that we uh, we talked about the VUCA world that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. And in a VUCA world, things evolve very quickly and we don't have time to change um the job descriptions because it's very very complicated due to um different legal constraints and for instance when you want to change someone's job description you either renegotiate the contract with him Mm. or you need to negotiate with the workers union for instance to say the least second problem is when you Let's say you are in a context where you don't need a job anymore—a uh, a job description. For instance, someone to reorder the, um, to rearrange the stuff inside the shop. Uh, inside the shop. What What do you do? You need to define something else, recruit people, or negotiate with someone who's who was uh, who uh, lost his job to uh, negotiate with him if he can, uh, if he can. Uh, do this new job right Mm -hmm. and this is costly in terms of time in terms of um, uh, money and this has a lot of um, negative impact and you because you need to things to change quickly this is blocking you this is the main impediment right so when we are when we are when we talk about responsibility description this doesn't exist anymore because this the responsibility is there it's just that you need different skills, and that's it. So, what is the best way to uh, to acquire these new skills? That's a different question that we can uh, we can talk about later.
0: Well, maybe it would be good to sort of uh, show what you're you're talking about, right? So, the difference between a job description and a responsibility description, um, as as displayed here, right? The the job description is it almost seems kind of tailoristic in in a way, doesn't it? Because it it kind of lists all the things that are expected from the person to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and down to uh, quite specific, right? Collecting and, and accounting of revenue at the end of the day, uh, shelving of products and installation of the sales area. You know, that's the main mission. Monitoring of the stock levels of different things in the store. You know, so if something occurs outside of these things that are listed that's not their responsibility. Any, it's not their job. It's not in their job description. So why would they have to do it? <laughs> right. And, and uh, of course, contrasting that with the, the, the responsibility uh, description on the right, it's ensure each client has an unrivaled experience with the brand, ensure the safety of the environment, right. For, for me, for my colleagues and for people that are coming in and store, and, um, and then the values, right? I believe in the client over the brand, over the shop and over the team uh, Team over. I don't know what that means exactly, but I, I think I know what that I means. I will explain it. <laughs> okay, explain go it. ahead.
1: In fact, this is uh, work that we, uh, we are doing with some of our clients to help them move from job descriptions to responsibility descriptions. And for responsibility descriptions, there are two different parts. The responsibilities, define them, for, for me, for my colleagues, for, uh, for the customers or the people that I serve, what does it mean to have a responsibility towards them? And the values that I need to identify myself with when I engage in a, in a job,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And this to make it clear when you, uh, uh join a, an organization, what you need to believe in. And that's clear right from the start. You don't discover things that you don't identify yourself with afterwards because sure. uh, this creates uh, dishonesty between you as a member of the organization and the uh, the rest of the organization so for this example this means that I believe in clients so I prioritize client or customers over any uh anything else and right after the clients come the bread comes the brand so First I prioritize the the need and uh, the interest of my customers, then the brand, then the shop, because your brand can have multiple shops. So I prefer to address the the brand before the shop. And after the shop, there's the team that I I work with, people that I work with, and then me as an individual. Mm -hmm. So this is the the value that I need to identify myself with uh, when I really, accept this job, um,
0: that's really powerful. But for someone coming in as a salesperson, how do they know? I mean, yes, these are my main responsibilities, but these are so broad and I would think that mm-hmm. you would need to include some of the things that they are, you know, what's their scope, right? Are they, are they in the sales department? Are they in the janitorial department? Are they, you know, what, where do they work where they can apply these mm-hmm. things?
1: let let me give you an example you have your own objectives yearly objectives right and there is the objectives collective objectives for the team
0: mm-hmm.
1: so if i identify that the contribution of what i am doing to the objectives of the team is less than my colleague's objective then i will deprioritize mine and help him achieve the the objective because it will help the team reached the collective objective before getting back to my own objective. This, this is the uh, what this value means. And same thing can be applied f- between the team and the shop, between the shop and the brand, between the brand and the customers.
0: This is really powerful, Issam, um, and it's very, um, very much in alignment with um, um, some work uh, that, uh, that I'm doing with uh, one of somebody you know, uh, Shell Torre. Um, <laughs> Uh, with uh, the tight, loose, tight leadership pattern. Mm. And so uh, leaders define sort of the goals and objectives in the top level tight. Uh, It's loose in the middle in in terms of how employees, the the workers, um, accomplish those goals and and the mission of the company or the brand or the department or the division or the team. And it's tight again in how... um, uh measurements are applied and how feedback is given and it requires it to me it requires a really a mindset shift from management and leadership right to move away from i'm the i'm the decision maker for for most things and and i'm gonna make sure that i define all the jobs that people do to i'm a coach as a leader i'm a coach and i'm going to help my team my people achieve these outcomes by coaching them by guiding them by making sure we have regular uh conversations and, and enhancing the knowledge of my knowledge workers do you agree with that
1: absolutely it is no easy task to move from the left side of uh, this uh, uh, slide to the uh, to the right side and we you don't manage teams the same way when the tests that they need to accomplish are very clear to when things are very foggy. This is not a box. This is just, it just describes the the environment that you need to um, uh, evolve in, right? And the way you manage people, the way you lead people to find their purpose inside something that is um, so not constrained, so... um,
0: how, how can I say, it? um,
1: well, it's, movable. It's, it is yeah, movable
0: as exactly. you have to be responsive to market changes, exactly. right? Uh, or even if you're a team, a small team that serves other teams, it's your, your customers are maybe the other teams or, um, indirectly the customer out there, um, um, as a whole. And so you have to be very responsive to those changes. And so defining everything really strictly uh keeps you in a box and, and 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 makes it really hard for teams to adapt mm-hmm. right yeah. and
1: if you manage them uh the old ways you will just guide them towards the path that you see and you don't want that anymore because you will him back to what you did before you need to help them just find uh, like the north star and they will uh, they will uh, they will find a way and this is uh, a completely different um way of uh, managing uh, managing stuff um and yeah you don't you don't do it right from the start you need some uh, some coaching and some help that's for sure
0: right and and to that end you know this is this is kind of what we do right is um, is help organizations <laughs> move from um move from really more traditional mindset management styles to mm. more uh, you know, you, you look at the companies that are successful today; um, they probably don't have really long and detailed job descriptions. They're probably more on the on the on the right side of that image. You know, the the, the what we we're talking about the um, the responsibility um, uh, descriptions, as as you call it, it's more like this than it is like this. And you look at you know Amazon and Apple and Netflix and these companies that are super successful and Uh, very much in tune with their customers are are not treating their employees like horses they're treating them like people with brains who can think for themselves um and 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 what we do is um, I'm sure you'll agree is is help start shifting the needle right and coaching people uh leaders to be more like coaches adopt a more coaching style of leadership Hmm. so A couple of things, I'll leave some links in the bottom to um, um, a a talk we did earlier on tight, loose, tight. Uh, Actually, we have a meetup coming up uh, in a couple of weeks um, that examines the difference between OKRs, objectives with key results, and tight, loose, tight, some of the similarities and some of the differences. And um, I wonder, Issam, if, uh, if I can share your information as well right so people can reach out to you is that okay yeah of
1: course yeah of all course. right
0: awesome and and uh, i'm also thinking that if we can leave some uh, a little leave behind maybe a, a infographic or something that sort of uh, the principles behind this right moving from job descriptions to responsibility descriptions and maybe some samples that we can leave them uh would you be open to doing that uh, with me and yeah, developing absolutely. something awesome yeah all absolutely right, well, We'll have more. this is my passion so I'm,
1: I'm really happy to work on this uh, on this stuff
0: yeah it sounds like you're really passionate about this and this is something <laughs> that can make a real difference within organizations right and really empower uh, your workers to be to, to take responsibility for their actions and really uh, improve the you know the bottom line and the top line for the company right um, so with that any uh, parting thoughts before we end our agile medium it's more of a medium than a short
1: <laughs> for me um, first thing is when you hear people in your organization talking about this is, or saying something like this is not my job uh, I can do this but um, I need a raise and stuff like that you need to shift the way you define the work and the way you manage people that's for sure it is, it's becoming an emergency second thing when you want to move towards responsibility descriptions, you need to have or to define a clear idea what kind of outcomes you expect. What is your purpose? What is the purpose of the team? What is mm-hmm. the outcomes? Because sometimes you ask people in, or some, or, uh, in different organization and uh, it's kind of fun for me because uh, you hear some uh, answers that are completely <laughs> insane. Uh, what is the purpose of your company they will tell you make money
0: yeah
1: and that's sad because the the company is not there just to make money Uh, we need some kind of impact that's the the drivers that we need in order to be more creative more trust our intuition experimenting and stuff like that so we need to know where we are going and where we want or where our organization want to go. So you need to have a clear purpose, clear purpose for the organization, for your team and department. And once you define that, then you can talk about what kind of responsibilities we we want to have in our team in order to achieve the work needed to accomplish the purpose or to go towards our purpose to give you an example for for the shop for instance that we uh that we talk, sorry if, uh, if i'm uh, uh talking too much but just to uh, to make it clear for uh, for people um in a shop for instance you will need to have a responsibility toward the customers responsibility toward making the um the finance for instance a responsibility to address the finance uh, all the financial stuff and another responsibility for instance to deal with the suppliers and make sure that the shop won't be empty or won't spend the day empty because if it's empty then the financial guys will come crying out cloud
0: right right and we did talk about this uh, sort of the, these three major buckets and and how where people may fall into and of course it's kind of a venn diagram isn't it because people need to be aware even if their main responsibility is towards customer experience they still need to be aware of the financial side of things. They need to be aware of the supplier side of things, um, and and they may not have decision making authority there, but they need to be aware of it so they can be more knowledgeable for their customers. So I I totally agree, and and um, I think that if I hearken back to my days as a restaurant person, you know my my front of the house staff, my wait staff, my uh, my uh, uh, host and, hosts and hostesses and my maitre d's and all those folks, they were, they were responsible for the customer experience. But they also had a, 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 a knowledge of what we had in, in stock, you know, how many of the specials that we had uh, at any given time during the course of the, the dinner shift, so that they were aware of the supplier constraints, right? Supplier being stuff that comes mm-hmm. out of the back of the house, the kitchen, <laughs> um and they were aware of our overall financial position you know what's uh what our food cost was what our labor cost was what our profitability was what more and most importantly what our customers were saying about us because it had a <laughs> direct impact on um uh on our on our top line sales, right? Is if if our customer service was great, then more people were coming in because they were hearing about the great experiences that their friends had and it drove our top line sales, which when you start to drive top line sales, it really masks a lot of things for you on the bottom line, right, you make more money, that's just a given. And so if you focus on your people, you focus on your customers, things get taken care of. Do you agree, Do you yeah, agree with I- that? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. In fact, you are raising a really important point, which is we don't make the, we don't want uh, to make this swim lanes because we are just p- creating new boxes, right? So we want people to dance between these responsibilities given the needs of the moment, right? And if I want to move from a customer experience responsibility toward a financial responsibility, I need to be able to do it because we really don't want to create new boxes in a different shape that's absolutely not the purpose of it and that's how we create people with um i'm sure you're familiar with the concept of t shape profiles m shape profiles p shape profiles and stuff like that but i my guess is this is a different topic for another day
0: <laughs> yes yes we should we should sign off because uh, we're at 37 minutes and for those of you still with us uh thank you so much for watching and please leave your comments uh, as I mentioned, we'll we'll share some more information in the thread below uh, for some of the other events. And Isam, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to have to have you back in here, uh, on uh, so we can continue continue this conversation. Uh, on, on thank top you Kumar of for having me. Yeah,
1: thank you Kumar right. for having me. It's a really pleasure. And yeah, um, I will gladly come back to talk about uh, this uh,
0: more. All right, awesome. Well, thanks everyone. Have a great rest of the day and we will see you next time.